0: Voyage. Hey, listeners, I want to tell you about a new show just released on Voyage Media called Conversations with Men I Wish I Never Had. This is a podcast where former Master Mariner and Navy Lieutenant Commander Adina Grundy has candid, raw, cathartic, and often surprisingly funny conversations with women about their experiences in traditionally male-dominated fields like the Navy, the Merchant Marine, and police force. These are the types of conversations that you might only privately have with your girlfriends, but we are sharing them for you to listen to. If you're someone who has ever had an experience working as a woman in a male-dominated field, we think you will find a lot to relate to and commiserate with. Be prepared to laugh, cry, and be entertained. The first couple of episodes are already available, and we will be releasing new episodes every week. Check out Conversations With Man, I Wish I Never Had where you get your podcasts.
1: On today's episode I'm talking to two of my four kids. Tucker is my oldest son, he's 24 and Ellie, my second oldest is my only daughter, she's 21. The chat ended up in territory that I did not expect, like fat people sex, fat phobia in the Barbie movie and that time that Ellie slapped a kid for calling us chubby. Also what Ellie calls her fat advantages. We have never talked about the fact that my kids grew up chubby with a fat mom, that we were a fat family. We have never talked about how I dealt with it or how they wished I would have dealt with it, but it's a conversation we needed to have. Let's get started. Hi.
2: Hey.
1: (laughs) I'm sitting here about to make one of the biggest decisions of my life. It makes sense to me to talk to y'all and get your thoughts and feelings about what I'm thinking of doing with having bariatric surgery. I only want y'all to be happy and to feel loved, and I never, ever want to do or say anything that'll make you feel anything less than that, and I've been nervous about this conversation because I know how sensitive this topic is and how easy it is for a person that loves you to be really hurtful.
0: I think I'm nervous, too, just because this particular topic is something that's so personal to all three of us and our whole family, pretty much, because we all... Have some idea of what it's like to be the biggest person in the room or to be in a bigger body. We all have our own relationship with it. When I was young, I was fiercely insecure and also defensive of us as a fat family. I didn't want anyone to talk about it or notice it. So I was at my best friend's eighth birthday party. This one girl and I start jokingly riffing back and forth, doing little jokes, insults, whatever. And eventually the girl goes, oh, yeah, because your family's kind of chubby, huh? And I saw red and I (laughs) (laughs) slapped her across the face.
1: (laughs) For saying we were chubby, which was just the truth.
0: (laughs) For daring to notice that we, in fact, were a fat family.
1: Right. I was mortified that you had resorted to violence against this little girl. And your friend's mother said, oh, no. I support Ellie. She deserved it. <laughs> she kind of did. You know, Miss Kay had your back. We were a fat family and our whole experience was just clouded by shame around that. And nobody talks about this. Yeah. And it's something that we've never really talked about. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. As your mom, I don't want to hurt you in any way, like not even a tiny bit. And I never, ever want my choices to feel like an indictment of yours.
0: I am working hard to try not to be sensitive about the topic of losing weight to be healthy. Because obviously you can be fat and healthy. But in my case, where I have increased risk, it's a balance, right? Here's where the trouble comes. This fact is true. I have family history of early heart attacks and diabetes. You can't argue with that. I don't like talking
1: about the health advantages of my losing weight because i feel like it's rubbing it in your face but it is so important to my reasoning you know like when i first allowed myself to look at it i learned that being my size could take up to 13 years off of my life expectancy i'm gonna really want to be around for your kids and their kids and i want those 13 years i want you to have them too but that's yours to manage and I'm not worried because I feel like we all have so much time to deal with this when it becomes an issue for you, if you so choose.
0: I feel like, yes, there's time, but also because of my dad's family history, I do feel this growing, increasing pressure because my great grandfather died at thirty of a heart attack. Yeah. My dad had a heart attack at thirty. It's pretty daunting. And And it's not which that far from And it now. is not that far away, less than a decade is when I'll be thirty. Tucker, I'd be curious to hear your opinion on that, what mom just said about how she trusts us to manage our own health and how we feel healthy and also with our family history on our dad's side, like how you feel about that and like how mom's dealing with this now.
2: Obviously, I don't, I want to be healthy and I don't want to die of a heart attack and I don't want to get diabetes later on in life. But it's like, my overeating, and my emotional mechanisms of how I take comfort in food. That's just something that I've had from an early age, just a way to cope with my emotions when they're really hard. Now I'm I'm getting to a place in my life where I can express my emotions a little bit easier. I'm discovering ways to express and unpack my emotions in a more healthy way that doesn't involve betraying my body with food that it doesn't need but that's you know an emotional coping mechanism that I still have to this day and I'll still eat a pint of ice cream if I'm going through some serious shit if I need a break from feeling bad
1: I just want to say like you come by that honestly I've passed that along to y'all, and your dad has passed that along to y'all. It's not a personal weakness. It's not a moral failing.
0: Fatness is not a moral failing. Fatness is not a moral failing. Mm -hmm.
1: I feel like I denied myself learning coping mechanisms that actually solved my problems because I was leaning on food so much. So that's where I was betraying myself. It's not that I think food should never be comforting because it is comforting and it feels so good to have hot chicken noodle soup when it's cold outside or a bowl of ice cream with your family after a long day or whatever. Those things are great and fun and good and it is a good part of life. But I think what I did was I used food for so long instead of actually helping myself, actually removing myself from painful situations.
2: When I'm going through some emotionally challenging situation. And I, instead of crying, instead of talking to someone that I trust, instead of making myself feel really good and comfortable, I would engorge myself on just too much and use it as a way to numb myself of what I'm actually feeling. And like try to drown out the feelings that I'm feeling in the the pleasure that I get from eating ice cream.
1: That is what has been the biggest change in my life over the past year. The weight loss is nice and it's easier to walk around on the earth with less weight on my feet, literally. However, it's even more important that now when I feel stress, I say, oh, what's going on here? investigate. I try to change the circumstances. I try to take care of myself instead of covering up what I'm feeling because the way that I grew up, I was not allowed to have my feelings hurt. I was not allowed to be upset or to be disappointed. None of that was acceptable. And so I treated myself that way. I denied myself my feelings my my whole life up to 47 years old. And food was the tool that I was able to do that with.
2: And something I will say that I'm starting to learn now is the food that I eat has such a drastic impact on the way that I feel physically and emotionally. If I eat something that's highly processed or loaded with sugar and carbs that's going to make me crash and it's not going to give me energy and it's going to make me feel like slow and down on myself. If I eat like a lot of meat I'm learning, that can really affect my anxiety. But if I eat food that I cook or more vegetable-based meals, it makes me feel clear and it's easier to access my emotions and navigate my own inner self. So that's like a big part of it too.
1: My whole childhood, I had this relationship with food that you described. I would sneak off and eat. I would hide.
0: Oh, I still do that. When I snack, I stand by the cabinet. And if I hear someone coming, I'll put it away quickly and yeah. walk away. It's I not like eating in front of people. No.
1: You could eat something that's like for your survival. Like my meals. Yeah.
0: I don't mind that. But it's like snacking. Or dessert. Dessert? Oh it. fuck no! Dessert um, is not enjoyable. In front you of will not people. watch me eat my Twinkie or whatever. Right. Like you will <laughs> <laughs> not. And w- that's such a part of the fat experience.
1: Hmm. When you're eating ice cream, you're literally thinking like other people are looking at you and thinking, "Well, that's why you're fat."
2: Right. My closet would be filled up with little Debbie boxes that I was too ashamed to like bring out into the main trash. Yeah. And I would like take it all and put it out in the yeah. trash all at once.
1: If I have bariatric surgery. I feel in part like I'm turning my back on. I mean, I've been fat for so long. It's just who I am. Yeah, Leaving that club feels terrifying. And then how do I say like, no, I promise I'm in your club. Like, I feel like I'm always going to be a fat person, even if I look skinny, because I'm going to have to manage this the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. My body is never, ever, ever going to rest at trying to make me fat again. This is my genetics. I have to think about my weight and what I eat because I just want to stay alive as long as I possibly can. I want to be lighter on my feet. You know, I I don't want to betray you. I don't want to betray former versions of myself. Leaving behind fatness is losing something that I share with you Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and you. I want to be able to celebrate when I lose 100 pounds or 200 pounds, but it also feels weird to do that. It feels like it could be insulting I just never want to alienate you two. Mm -hmm. I need y'all. I love y'all. You are everything to me. You're my whole world. So I guess I need to know if there's a way for me to have bariatric surgery, be a thin person and still be in your club. I want to be always in your club.
0: You are always invited to my club. There will never be a day when you won't just get it. We're grownups now. Like, everybody gets older. I understand. You need to be able to move around by yourself. And you're just setting yourself up for success. That's something I just understand. But my body is one that I have to exist in every day. In the next five minutes, I'll be in this fat body. And tomorrow, I'll be fat. Next week, I'll be fat. I need to find a way to exist happily, powerfully, be satisfied with life. Because if I can't, and I'm just constantly waiting for the skinny days for it to be better, which is what I have been doing for a lot of my life, this problem will be fixed when I'm skinny. I'll save this shirt because I'll be cute and I can wear what I want when I'm skinny. That was one of my biggest awakenings. From my transfer from like childhood to adulthood was with clothing. I would wear big T-shirts, black jeans only because black is flattering. Right, right.
1: (laughs) Because God forbid someone get Uh, the whiff that you're fat.
0: Right. Yeah. No. Absolutely not. (laughs) Sidebar. That's one thing that aggravated me about the Barbie movie is that plus size Barbie, even when she's on the beach, is covered head to toe, long sleeves. Neck covered, arms covered, legs covered. I call it the the little jacket phenomenon because in Glee, all the fat girls during their show choir finales, you know, uh-huh. all the girls are wearing the same dresses, but the fat girls have to wear a little jacket. <laughs>
1: Over get, their dresses. You really need to hide those fat arms because they're just defensive. Because what if they find out? What if they see that? What if they find out you have fat arms? What if while you're dancing, your fat is like flapping around for everyone to I, see? We're inclusive. We included the fat girl. But she's here. Right. And she has a name. She's covering her up for everyone's <laughs> right. comfort. Here. She has a line in the movie. <laughs> right. I mean, right. we love fat people. So shut up,
0: fatty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the world hates us they hate us tucker the world doesn't hate you my baby you can get away with a lot more than we can in fact i think most people in the world would look at you and not consider you overweight or in me and ellie's choice of words fat like no one would say oh tucker is fat but probably medically you're fat like us
2: you know i'll never forget i went to a checkup maybe in middle school or something and i got on the scale and the doctor told me I was morbidly obese. Wow. And that was news to me. I had no fucking idea that I was morbidly obese. Imagine
0: being 10 and being like, oh, I'm morbid. Yeah. I yeah. am morbid. That's what my doctor told me. Yeah, the doctor was always a traumatizing um, experience. It was never treated sensitively by any doctor. We've never talked about this,
1: about how I treated your chubbiness. So you were both chubby as children, and I never, ever talked about it. I didn't make it an issue for you. I let you wear what you wanted. I let you eat what you wanted. I, of course, had healthy foods in the house, and it's not like we had a ton of junk food, but I'd never said, oh, you can't have ice cream. And obviously, there were people who kind of busted that bubble for you, like doctors and whoever... Who busted in and said, Hey, hello, you're fat, and made you aware of it. And people in the world tend to do that. I'm curious, how did you experience my parenting around that? How would you have wanted me to handle that? Or how should parents out there handle it if their kids are chubby?
0: This is one of the topics that I was afraid of talking about, specifically because I don't feel that it was a bubble. You had a relationship with your body when we were young, and it doesn't matter how much you tried to keep from us, we were still there. Right. Um, for example, I remember when I was 10 years old, I had a little notebook where I would write down the number of Cheez Its I had oh. and the calories that it, you know, with uh, the big 1,000 at the top, only 1,000 calories for the day. When you're a kid, You're supposed to have this phase in life where you're concerned about the monkey bars and you're concerned with the type of snack you want or whatever because you're a kid. And I, to some degree, not by you specifically, but I do feel that I was robbed of that by doctors, by friends, or by bullies, by other adults.
1: By society. And their
0: stupid comments. It's the version of me that... I want to separate myself most from. You know, when you think of that person that you are not anymore, no longer, it's her. It's so sad, you know? Yeah. She's 10. She didn't do anything wrong.
1: God, no, she was so amazing. She
0: was a second mom at 10 years old to her little brother. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of hard for me to hear you say that it was a bubble, because I don't think you did anything wrong per se, but like, it's just, there's no way to know how in some offhanded comment or some diet program you're doing is going to affect your daughter who looks exactly like you, you know, like, well, and that's
1: my concern to this day. Yeah. Everyone Um, says you're my twin. I am so sorry about the 10 year old Weight Watcher thing. I feel like you were upset about the way that you looked and you wanted to change it. And I was in a very misguided way trying to help. I am sincerely sorry. And that was a wrong move.
0: Why I say fat so brazenly because fat has a negative connotation and I work very hard to erase it. I am fat. That's not bad. It's just what I am. I have blue eyes also, you know, like (laughs) Like I have (laughs) fat on me. It's not a dirty word. Right. Exactly. And so you asked, what can parents do? Parents of chubby and overweight children, what can they do? be so loud about how much you love your child and the way that they look and be so loud with your support for them it's all in the way that you talk about it like the way that you talk about your own body and your child's body and if your kid asks you a question you know is being fat bad it's all about how you talk the words you use as a child i never heard it's okay I, I heard you're beautiful. just never thought of my body as not being a problem. Like, nobody told me that it wasn't, mm-hmm. you know? And even though I don't feel that you ever insulted me or I don't think you thought I was ugly, I truly believe you thought I was beautiful. But I just don't think I ever heard anyone say that your body is acceptable and you can just have it and you can just live in it. I want to say, like, no, I never
1: said it's okay to be chubby because I think I didn't want to say you're chubby. Mm-hmm. I couldn't say your chubby body is okay because that would require me to say you're chubby.
0: You're so right. You're right. But I think it it has to do with starting it young. If at two years old or three years old, the message I was hearing is bodies look this way, bodies look this way, and both ways are okay mm-hmm. and beautiful. And that's not your fault that I wasn't hearing that. That was not the world that we lived in. Yeah, that that language didn't even exist then. I
1: feel bad that that was the way that you grew up, but I also recognize that wasn't necessarily my fault and I can't go back and fix it. Because as much as you grew up with these things, it was 10 times worse when I was growing up. So Mm -hmm. I thought I was so great Mm and doing such a great thing. It is hard to hear that I'm in any way responsible for hurting you. But I also recognize that's just a part of parenting, being a human being, having a human experience and being responsible for the care and keeping of other souls. You're going to screw up. And there's never a second in my life where I didn't think you were the most beautiful woman in the world or little girl in the world. And I was always so proud for just anyone to know that you were mine. Both of you. There was never a second where I was like, I wish my kid was something else. I know that I wasn't a perfect mom. Like for Tucker, I had to hem every pair of pants because he was bigger and short. And (laughs) I never made that an issue. Like I didn't tell him. And for you, same thing. It was hard to find clothes to fit you that you wanted to wear. I tried to like keep that from you. And I recognize that that's not possible because of the world.
2: I was aware that... I had to get every pair of pants hemmed growing up because I had to try them all on and go to the tailor and get them hemmed, so it's always there.
1: It sounds like my ignoring it and not bringing it up made it actually worse for you. Instead of saying, hey, you're chubby and that's okay, I could have led with curiosity. I could have said how are you experiencing your body? What do other people say about your body? What does it feel like to live in your body? And started a conversation and let you lead with how you feel about it.
0: Yeah. When we were kids, a lot of your weight loss efforts were group weight loss efforts. Like, okay, guys, we're going to go to the park more. We're going to be healthy together because we all have this problem that we need to deal with. Yeah. And that was a big part of it. Like we're all in this, we all have problem bodies that need to be fixed. Oh yeah. You know, that's very true. Mm -hmm. It was a group effort a lot.
1: And I was so lost. I felt a lot of
0: pressure that I
1: needed to lose weight and lose weight for y'all. And that if I lost weight, y'all would lose weight too. Because we all needed to lose weight. That was just made clear to me Mm -hmm. by everyone in the outside world and people who were very close to us that loved us very much. And it wasn't just them. I mean, I had my own fat phobia and societal fat phobia, and I was just succumbing to all Mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been battling this body my whole life.
0: Just you saying that out loud, I've been battling my body my whole life. Yeah. That is so heartbreaking because it's relatable, but it's so sad because... Your body loves you. Yeah. Your body wants you to survive and keep going and that's all it's ever wanted. It carries you every single day. Your body is your everything and it loves you so much. And if you think about it like that, it's so sad that we have these wars with our own bodies, yeah. our own vessels that are supposed to be carrying around the sacred soul of ours. That's and right. we're so goddamn mean to it all oh, yeah. the time. All the time.
1: You will never, ever find me producing one of
0: those before and
1: after, look how ugly I was Mm -hmm. then and how pretty I am now. I am proud of the change. When I see myself before any weight loss and now I'm like, wow, I have come so far and I'm proud of that, but not because I was so ugly and now I'm more valuable and look better. It's a tricky balance to find.
0: It was an effort that you made, you set a goal and you reached it, which is... Something you should always be proud of You know That's one of the reasons why I was So insecure for so long is because of the way People talk about it like When your friend is looking in the mirror and she's like Oh my god does this make me look fat I heard that constantly Growing up constantly oh my god I look So fat today does this make me look fat
1: Or I I ate so much I feel so fat feel so
0: fat it makes you want to say Yeah yeah you are (laughs) Welcome to the club Yeah (laughs) Want to want to share jeans? <laughs>
2: I'm like, I'm like,
0: oh.
1: I had a coworker once who probably had an eating disorder. She was obsessed about being thin and just very, very fat phobic. It was very clear. And I was being nice one day with her, and I said something like, "Man, it's so impressive. You're so disciplined when it comes to food." And she said, "Oh, I have to be." I said no, you don't. And she said, oh yeah, yeah, no, I have to be like that. I said, no, no, you really don't. You really don't. It's like an option to not be that way. And you're choosing it. And I'm saying that's amazing how disciplined you are, but it is a choice. And she's like, oh, I just don't have a choice. And I said, well, What you're saying is that the worst thing that could happen to you is that you would look like me. And for you, that's unacceptable. No, it's be skinny or be
0: dead. Right. Right. (laughs) Which is why I think that a lot of, a lot of people who are fat phobic, it comes out of jealousy because they work so hard to not look like us. They suffer so much in silence to not look like me. And Mm. I'm over here naked at the beach (laughs) eating a donut or whatever. (laughs) Loving And life. being like Having people who love me And are attracted to me And have friends And a social life And, and be smart clothes And cute and... Cl- Good style And I don't struggle Yeah To you know I You're don't. eating the donuts And that makes and them And being happy And, and cool and awesome happy. Yeah And that makes them very mad And I think that's the root Of a ton of fat phobia. Jealousy is a disease bitch Get okay, well soon It It re- <laughs> <laughs>
1: It really is. It is. I'll never forget the very first job that I had. My boss, I was this man's assistant. He told me outright, oh, you're the only woman I'm allowed to be alone with. He said, my wife, she she doesn't mind me being around you. He didn't say why. And you want to know what's funny? Women love
0: to live. They love to live in this fantasy land where all fat women are ugly and unlovable right. so therefore not threat to boyfriend right <laughs> when in reality is right the boyfriend lock of your man. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right.
1: i was your age when that was told to me i was a size 18 yeah you're the only woman that i'm allowed to be alone with my wife likes you and i thought well she doesn't even know me she likes me because i'm fat and she knows that you're fat phobic and won't have sex with a fat person
0: most people will have sex with fat people. It's the, you know, humanization and respect is the trouble. Right. <laughs> sex has never been an issue for any fat person. Yeah. right. Just for the skinnies out there, <laughs> we be fucking. <laughs> with we, skinny people. With skinny people, with yeah. attractive people. With hot people. With hot people, with people who are also fat. And we have good sex. We have different sex. Yeah. Having sex with a fat person is different. It is. But not bad. Oh, I think it's
1: so interesting because I think of having sex with a fat girl, in my experience, that men love it. (laughs) Because I've (laughs) only ever been the fat girl. Never had no complaints. Never had any complaints. (laughs) And in fact, like, you know, usually that's like part of the experience for them. Having the privilege of being able to love on my body, it feels like a joyful happy thing for them that they're very grateful to have been able to do. So yeah, I never really thought about it before, but it's interesting that people don't think of us as sexual or worthy of sex. Right. Anyway, weird conversation to have with my daughter in front of my son, but anyway.
0: Eh, who cares? (laughs) We're all all big kids here.
1: It is important though. I mean, it's an important part of this. I was thinking about this too. Our bodies are really the least interesting thing about us. For real. Like this whole podcast is about my body and whether or not I should change it and how to go about changing it. But truly, I am way more interesting than the flesh. You are literally
0: a doctor. (laughs) Mom's a doctor. I did that. Yeah. She's she's a doctor and she's fat, but she's a (laughs) doctor. Yeah. But I'm most proud
1: of my kids. You guys and Gabriel and Kip are the best achievement of my life and i feel like i could talk for hours and hours about how awesome y'all are and that is even more interesting than the fleshy suit that i'm wearing <laughs> it's really boring yeah our bodies are not that interesting but in society we put so much importance yeah on. but
0: we didn't make it the problem right that wasn't us it wasn't us yeah we're just cleaning it up hmm. by having conversations like this publicly yeah I'll tell you, like one of my fears about losing a drastic amount of weight is seeing the difference in the way that people treat me, especially people that I love. Like, or the the things that they'll say or the language they'll use, you know, like, you look so beautiful now. Ugh. You look so good today. Like you look at your body, would you you know, like as if the before is some sort of sea monster. And thank God I no longer look like that person. Right. <laughs> and that's one of the things that terrify me, for me personally, and I'm wondering if you have those same fears. Like, noticing people looking you in the eye more, or waiting to hold the door for you more, or, you know, being nice. Does that scare you at all?
1: Yeah, all of that. So I'm afraid of who I will be. Will I be excluded from the fat club and then considered an other like a skinny person who doesn't understand will I experience people being nicer to me and will that devastate me and disappoint me in humanity and I'm certain that it will every person who I've ever heard from who's had bariatric surgery reports that people are nicer afterward when you're skinny people are nicer to you Becoming thinner makes me a more valuable person and that infuriates me and actually makes me feel like not losing weight. I want to be like, screw all of you.
0: I am valuable at every size. I 100% identify with that. I think one of the reasons why I haven't made active steps to lose weight intentionally is because... It feels good to be sexy and fat at the same time. It feels good to be cool and to have people want to be around me and people love me with my fat body. You know? I
1: totally understand like, that. I think skinny people who are listening will not understand that. But I understand it.
0: Yeah. There's certain things about being big that I really enjoy. I love that you have to make way, bitch. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> And I love that. Like, I'm a force, just physically, inherently.
1: You are a force (laughs) from the inside out.
0: It wouldn't matter if you were a frail, tiny,
1: petite, 110-pound girl who, you know, was feather light. You're a force. You were a force from the day that you were born. You're self-possessed. And you are, look out world, make way. It doesn't have to do with your size. Just an observation as your mom. Who ushered you in? (laughs) I just want to say I'm envious. It's such a luxury that you get to feel that way because I never, ever got to feel that way. The world has made the space for this conversation, for you to be able to compose those thoughts, is a modern thing. Nobody was talking like that when I was your age at all.
0: I've spent so much of my life, starting from so young, feeling like I take up too much space. You know? And then at some point, it switched. This is my space now. I deserve it. I work hard. I'm awesome. So scooch over a little bit. For yeah. Big ass coming through, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and losing weight would mean
1: that's gone. Right. Like, you would have to give that up.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: You were saying the things that you like about being fat.
0: Oh, yeah. Being able to tread water for hours is cool. My ability to float. <laughs> I had no idea that treading water was a strenuous task for some people. Probably not until I was like thirteen or fourteen. Me and my friends were all like playing around in the deep end and they were all like, Oh my god, I'm so tired. And I'm like, Why? We're in water, guys. <laughs> we float. <laughs> no, Ellie, you just float. <laughs> some float better <laughs> than <laughs> others. And that that's what I like to call a fat vantage. There's a few. Let's see. In my old age, I would like to be a big grandma. I think that'd be fun.
1: Big grandmas are better. They're better. Kip
0: literally came up to me
1: not that long ago, a couple of weeks ago, and he was hugging me and he's very affectionate with me and he's 11 years old and he had his arms around my waist and he said, I can fit my arms all the way around you. And I said, oh, you couldn't fit your arms all the way around me before? He said, no. And he told me that being able to fit all the way around made it more comfortable to hug me and so that he could do it longer, that cuddling mm-hmm. is easier because he could rest easier. Mm-hmm. And then he said, but don't lose too much more weight. You said, oh, it's kind of cool to be a big grandma. And it is because yeah. who doesn't want a cuddly grandma with a big, comfy bosom and, you know, who's soft and who makes good food? like. Yeah, and I think my eleven-year-old wants that mm-hmm. he knows me this way, mm-hmm. and he likes that he can fit his arms all the way around my waist. But he doesn't want me to not be comfy, you know, to cuddle with. Can I tell you my favorite? Yeah, one?
0: give me your fat advantage.
1: Safety. I feel safer in the world as a giant lady than mm-hmm. I would feel as a small lady. Mm-hmm. If someone is looking to kidnap a lady on the street, it ain't
0: gonna be me. Have fun dragging my ass into your van. Yeah. Yeah. I've got some power behind
1: me. I'm, you know, (laughs) if I kick you, it's going to hurt. Or even if you just go dead. Like, if you just drop
0: your weight, you know? Yeah, that
1: would be a really difficult situation. They would be carrying, like, a lot... There would be no way for them. They, I guess could drag me, but it would be really hard. Really tough. tough. Two-man job, at least. Yeah, it feels
0: safer. Love you guys.
1: Mm. (laughs) Love you, too. I love y'all so much.
2: Yeah, I love y'all, too.
1: And I... I want to say thank you to both of you too, because out of all of the interviews that I had, I had the hardest time convincing y'all to do this. And I understand why it was a scary proposition to publicly talk about one of the most personal and painful aspects of life. Like I could never make a big decision like this without talking this through. I feel now like I can breathe a little easier that you really understand that what I'm doing with my body right now doesn't reflect on any judgments about your body, which is, I think what I was terrified that you would feel Mm -hmm. like, how could I look you in the eye that I'm taking this drastic action to change my body. We're twins. Everyone says we look exactly alike and I'm taking this drastic measure to change my body. Now I will look different from you. And so that is terrifying to me.
0: I mean, one day your hair is going to be gray. Yeah. Yeah. And your boobs are going to touch the floor. And we're not going to look the same at all. Yeah. But in so many ways, we will still be exactly the same.
1: Sure,
0: We'll still have the same eyes. We'll still have the same personality. We'll still have the same ambition and drive and passion and convictions that drive us both. Yeah. And some of those things just never change. And I'm happy for you to reach any goal that you set for yourself. That makes me... So happy to watch you achieve the things that you want to achieve. And that's where I'm at with the surgery.
2: The bottom line for me is I want you to be healthy and happy. When you brought up the the high risk of esophageal cancer and how this fixes it, I mean, for me, that's the bottom line. And I'm going to love you the same no matter what you look like or what size you are. All that is secondary to just like, I need those extra 13 years. Mm-hmm. I need you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love to be needed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I have to, uh, yeah. I want to be here for a really long time. Mm-hmm. On the next episode, I speak to Dr. Rosen who is an obesity medicine specialist and bariatric surgeon he tackles anti-fat bias in medicine, the risks of lower-cost medical tourism, and talks me through the surgical options. Any questions you might have about weight loss surgery, Dr. Rosen has the answers. That's next time on The Easy Way Out. The Easy Way Out is a production of Voyage Media. The series is produced by me, Dr. Joy Bracy, Nat Mundell, and Dan Benamore. Samantha Barofaldi is our technical producer and editor. Our theme music is by Durlis Gonzalez. You can find my self-love and weight loss content on social media at Dr. Joy Bracey at D-R-J-O-Y-B-R-A-C-E-Y. If you are enjoying this podcast, you can support it by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you're listening, by subscribing for future episodes, and by sharing with your friends. I'm not a medical doctor, and nothing in this podcast should be taken as medical advice or as mental health counseling or advice. These are my personal experiences and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Voyage Media. Thank you for listening.